Hello and welcome once again to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm right here. Conspicuous by her absence, the brain Emily Merkel is out sick today. We wish her the best, but we're going to jump right into it. Once again, guys, I want to remind everybody that we have now partnered with Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. So if that is your preferred method of streaming, we are officially on there. So be sure to subscribe, download every new episode, and make sure you don't miss a thing all right we have so much to go over today mlb free agency freezes the kyler murray decision we've got the lions member summit we got the cleveland browns signing kareem hunt question mark um all elite wrestling second press conference and maybe some other things too i don't know maybe we'll go a little surprises here all right let's let's hit let's start right off at the top though we're gonna go mlb free agency um we talked about this a couple weeks ago and the biggest news coming out of it was that nobody signed yeah. Update, nobody's signed still, <laughs> right? You've got guys like Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Dallas Keuchel. Um, you've got so many great superstars, true superstars, that are still sitting out there. And now, and I think the reason why it's so important for us to bring this back up again is because now we've got other star players, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale, some big-name pitchers on big-name organizations coming out and saying, this is wrong. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad for the game. They're saying that these guys can help major league teams right now win games and be and be an asset, and yet they're still sitting out there. And, and my question to you, Mike, just I understand if you're a player, you're totally going to go this route, right? It, it yeah. just be you know, and it happens that all these guys have already gotten paid, so it's <laughs> easy for them to say it after the fact. But do you agree with this? Does does this hurt the game of baseball that some of the biggest names that have ever hit for agents, like Bryce Harper, I mean, has been talked about since he was 17. Yeah. You know, these guys are still out here in free agency. No one's coming near them and no one's coming near the money that yeah. they want. Does this hurt the game long term? I mean, it definitely does. I mean, you see in other sports where the big name guys, the big attraction guys, mm-hmm. you know, they get hurt or they're not there and everything, like the whole league just kind of falls apart almost until right. they come back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado are two of the biggest names out there and they're free agents right now. Yep. So like, it hurts them. But mm-hmm. I've also said this where I think they're also in a thing where baseball is very, you're either very good yep. or you're kind of like the Tigers where you're just kind of out of yeah, it. You're, yeah, right. And that we talked about that before. Yeah. It's either you're climbing towards the World Series yeah. or you're not. And you're mm-hmm. tearing it all down exactly. and going to start that climb and, all over again. And when you look at it, you have, say, like eight teams that are up there trying to go win it. And then you have the bottom, what, 22 teams right. you're looking at that are kind of like rebuilding almost right and when you look at that as a rebuilding franchise mm-hmm. i would say that i wouldn't want to really go get someone like bryce harper even though they can get you some wins and mm-hmm. stuff but you're kind of just you're not there yet and it's going to be like five years until you're there anyway yep. if we were like say the tigers right now i don't know if i would even go get bryce harper because i'm like i'm nowhere close to winning right and that one player couldn't help me win right so i see it from their point of view but i find it very odd that all these they name guys yeah. haven't found anywhere to go. Well, and, and, and that's the thing, too, and that kind of brings me to my second question for you, is did the Major League Baseball do this to themselves? And here's why I say this. You make a great point, right? It's either you're going up and you're trying to win a championship or you're not. The window's yeah. passed and you're deconstructing. Yeah. The problem is, is that if you're a team who is deconstructing, Right, you're trying to shed cap. You're trying to shed these dead weight players. You're trying to get people off of it, so you get so you're not good. Basically, you're tanking on purpose. But yep. Major League Baseball, but half the reason 
why you're in the situation is because you did exactly what Major League Baseball wants you to do, and that is you paid yeah. for these guys, exactly. right? You you went out and paid Miguel Cabrera $300 million, yeah. and he hasn't been healthy since. You went out and paid Jordan Zimmerman $180 million. So you went out and paid these guys, and you didn't win because of it. Mm-hmm. You're just as bad, and now you're stuck with these contracts. So I think that too many times Major League clubs have been bitten by signing these aging guys, these veterans that they think they're still in a window to win, yep. and it doesn't happen, and it's happened now too often to where it goes, if you're the Yankees, you're already paying Giancarlo Stanton a ton of money, oh my God. right? So you're paying that guy, and you're like, okay, we were, we're close. Yep. We don't really see the need necessarily to go get a Bryce Harper. Yep. If you're Boston, you're already paying David Price. You're paying Chris Sale. You're paying these guys already. I don't see, and you just won a World Series, yeah. so there is no pressure for you whatsoever to go win to go, get, win, and, to go and, and go get another guy in there. You barely, you paid JD Martinez late in free agency, right? Yeah. So my question is, did did baseball do this to themselves? Because for a while there, the money was flowing, right? Yeah. From able to be free agency was the hottest thing, but now it's just no. You take that contract. No, you take that contract exactly. because. I'm not in a position to win, so these guys don't help me yeah, anymore. That's exactly what I'm thinking, and um, I mean that's just how baseball is, really. right? Like it's right, just, exactly. It's what you can say about and, it, and there's so much depth now. And some of the younger guys, I think that's why the Yankees aren't in a unique situation because they've had some of the younger guys come up, like you know, Gary Sanchez has played really well. Um, so they have guys that have kind of that have kind of taken roles that they're not paying, you know, mm-hmm. for a long period of time. And I think that teams now, and you can maybe disagree with me on this, but I feel like teams are now trying to undo what they were doing before. Where before the Tigers, for instance, are a great example of this. They traded prospects, prospect over prospect over prospect, just to go get another guy, right? To yeah. go get a guy with some star power. They would trade away everything that they had for the now, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Yeah. Right, so now what you see, and especially here locally in Detroit, is you see the Tigers going, no, no, you can take everybody, take anybody with any sort of value. We're gonna heart, we're gonna yeah. hold these picks, and I think what where this kind of tilted that way is when the Cubs won the World Series, mm-hmm. because the Cubs, what they did, what they had so many stockpiled prospects that were top one hundred, top two hundred prospects, and they came out and they played, mm-hmm. and they were good. Right, yes. and, and they and they won a World Series, and they were very selective and went, okay, we're gonna go get Hayward, we're gonna go get John Lester, right? Yeah. Very specific pieces to yeah. put them over the top to win that championship, rather than okay, I'm gonna pay for all these free agents and hope to God that my mod podge of people gets us the victory. Okay. Let's throw this out there. A very good comparison to this is the movie The Moneyball. Right. That's, That's exactly, exactly what's it. going on right That's now. That's exactly You're, it. You have all these franchises that don't have the money or not even they don't have the money but don't have the resource and everything mm-hmm. to like want to go get a Bryce Harper. So now you have to go, okay, so I need a closer that can throw these three pitches mm-hmm. and they can get us out of the ninth inning. Right. Let's go find that guy and let's pay him as little as we can. Right. And that's exactly what all these lower yeah. teams are and doing. it's all analytics. That's yep. what ba- that's, baseball's that's going to. all it is. Yep. And I think that is a big problem that they, they're right. going to have long-term. Now, so. and now, now, here's something, too, that we that we kind of have to throw into this equation, too, is that does baseball, would this, some of this problem be resolved with how baseball hands out contracts, right? 
The NFL has long been criticized for the way they do contracts for the longest time. They finally changed the rookie scale. But baseball is unique in the sense that once you sign that contract, you get that money. Yeah. You know what I mean? You it, It's just kind of a thing. So you sign for $300 million, you're getting $300 million. No matter what. No matter what. You can never play another inning. It doesn't matter. So yeah. does baseball need to change and go to a more NFL-style role? Because you have teams like the Angels who are paying Albert Pujols still $30 million. Albert Pujols is not Albert Pujols anymore. You know what I mean? It's just not a thing. So I think that maybe by changing where there's still high guaranteed money in the contract yeah. maybe there's some offset language for a team to you know with team options with player options and stuff to kind of go all right we're this is clearly not working there needs to be a way for a team to get from out of the hole yeah you know I, what i mean yeah to make totally. them more willing to spend the money mm-hmm. and you know what i mean and well, have that fail just, safe i don't even know does baseball have like team like like incentives, like if you hit a certain amount. Oh, of I'm sure stuff. there's incentive base, but once again, though, the contract is the contract. Yeah, it's right? a contract. So it's there's, a contract. you know, because like in football, if you like make it a certain point, or if mm-hmm. you're a quarterback and you throw a certain amount of yards, right? There's you, a kicker that comes. Yeah, okay, five hundred like, grand. You're like, yeah, you're getting X amount of money for that. Does baseball like, oh, you get a hundred hits? Do you get I'm, this? I'm sure there. Yeah, I'm I sure mean, there could be, but I think that uh, the way that they're doing it right now clearly is not working anymore. Right? This is yeah. now the second off season where we're seeing a total freeze. I mean, for, I mean, spring training is right around the corner. It's already started to happen at some places. So, I mean, it's right there. Opening day is like 39 days away or something crazy for the Tigers. So, and you've got guys that are still out there that are, I mean, I'm sure they're in shape and everything, but they're not with their new ball clubs. And I know sure. there's, you know, and I don't blame the players necessarily. You have a very no. short window. You need to go make as much money as you can. I will never, never criticize a player for going to try and make as much money as possible. But at the same oh. time... You're getting to a point now where your demands, Bryce Harper, for three hundred plus million dollars, are now hindering your ability to make any money yeah. at all. You know what I mean? So, and he already turned down a deal from the Nationals originally for around three hundred million. Said it wasn't enough. So it's like, yeah. Uh, well, and then when you look at that, and you're like, you like, all right, we'll give you that three hundred million. And then mm-hmm. Bryce Harper goes, wait. If you're going to give me that, could you just give me like 320 or something? Right, exactly. And that's when the negotiate, and then you're like, well, I don't want to give you that much. Right. And that's where like negotiation Yeah, and if you don't really crumbled. want to be there in the first place, you sure have an incentive anyway. Yeah. There's so many things that go into it, but I do think that baseball, this is going to be a yearn for change for the whole sport because if this continues to happen, and when we actually, when they finally, those dominoes finally do drop and these guys do sign, I'll be very interested to see what those con- contract details yeah. are because. Honestly, I don't think they're going to get paid what they want to get paid. I mean, you have two 26-year-old guys in the primes of their careers mm-hmm. who can't get signed right now because they want to get that 8, 9, 10-year contract worth $350, $400 million. Yeah. It's just so much money to invest in a player yeah. that those last four years of that contract yeah. may not be... how baseball goes. And after, like, say you sign a 10-year contract, like Miggy signed, like, an 8-year right. contract, and after four years, you go into a rebuild phase. Exactly. Then you're just kind of stuck there with these with three this, stars. Yeah, with that... this albatross contract that you yeah. can't move, mm-hmm. and you have a declining player, yep. and, you have, and you're stuck, right? Yep, you're going to cut him? What is that going to do for you? You're still yep. paying the guy. Exactly. But you can't trade him because nobody wants the deal. So you're just kind of stuck throwing him out there and yep. saying, hopefully... There is not swing at one point, Mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of where baseball is at. All right, shifting now a little bit from the baseball talk, we're going to talk Kyler Murray. He came out this past week, or his agent or whoever made that nice little post. He's he's choosing the NFL. He's choosing to be an NFL quarterback over a major league baseball player. 
Obviously, as we know, Kyler was drafted in the first round by the Oakland Athletics. Uh, got a guaranteed $5 million contract. We'll hit on the contract here in a second. But, uh, Mike, I'm going to ask you just straight up. He thinks he can be an NFL quarterback. I'm assuming, based off of talks he's had, he's probably thinking he's a first-round pick. As high as probably top 10. Yeah. Maybe if something weird happens on draft night like it always does, maybe top 5. It Was it the right move for him to go to the NFL? Uh, I think it's... I think it's a good move to go to the NFL. Yeah. It's very, I mean, it's very hard. It's a very close call, I would mm-hmm. say. I don't think there's a wrong move, really. Yeah. I mean, going either to MLB and getting that, what, $5 million contract that right. he would probably have gotten. Right. Or, you know, going, assumably, top 10, top yeah. 15 in the right. NFL draft. I mean, I don't I don't know if he's going to be that good of a NFL quarterback, though. Really? I think that's really? my... I when you compare him at Oklahoma to like Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. and you see what Baker Mayfield's doing right mm-hmm. now and you're like well Kyler Murray had better numbers in college yeah. so but I don't know if his game translates to the pros mm-hmm. I think Baker was able to to stop the comparisons Baker was able to transform his game a little bit now he's more of like a pocket passer run if he needs to but he can throw the ball right. I don't know if you're gonna see the same thing out of Kyler. As like he can just sit there and start throwing dots to people. Right. I don't. I don't see that from him. Right. And as as many of you may or may not know this, but uh, our own Mike Merkel here it was a former quarterback, so yes. he knows a little bit more about the quarterback position than say some of us uh, here listening. But mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think that the the jump to being you know and, and especially drafted that high, you're probably expected to play right away. Yes. Right. Let's just. I want to go over here. Just go over the money aspect of it because. Um, so let's just, uh, this is from SpotTrack.com, so if they have their numbers wrong, don't kill me. But, so Kyler Murray signed about a five-year, five-year, con, or a $5 million contract with the Oakland Athletics as a first-round pick, right? He's going to have to then go through single, double, triple A. He's got to go through years of arbitration before he can finally hit a major payday, right? And now, now let's not, let's not kid ourselves. It's not all about the money, right? There has to be some passion involved, but at some point, it's got to be about the money, yeah. too. So... Let's just say if he was picked first overall, something weird happened, Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, that whole organization's a mess. They go first overall. They quit the Josh Rosen experience. Number one overall, he's expected to get a contract of four years with a fifth-year team option of $34 million, $23 million signing bonus as estimated. That's all guaranteed. On the rookie scale, it's guaranteed, done. You sign it. It's spread out over the four or five years of that contract, and you're and it's there, right? So you're already making $23 million the day you get drafted and sign your contract. So you're making, what, $18 million more? Yeah, already. Already, initially. and you haven't done anything. You haven't played a snap, right? Let's say he goes 10th, right, which is more accurate. $18 million, the life of the contract, $11 million signing bonus. So he just doubled up his guarantee, right? And he's already in the show, too. He's not playing in minor league ball. He's already playing in the NFL. He's not playing in the AAF. He's not playing in the XFL. He's yeah. playing right then yep. and there. He's on Sundays. He's throwing picks to Darius Slay on Sundays. Okay, it's what's happening. Let's say he has the Lamar Jackson effect, and he drops all the way down to, say, 32, right? 32, value of the contract, around $10 million, and a $5 million signing bonus, okay? So that's that's where he'd be at, okay? So he'd have to basically almost fall out of the first round to not get an immediate... And that's just signing bonus. The yeah. full life of the contract is still double. So, and I know second-round picks is like about $3 million difference between the first pick and the second round compared to the... But yeah. point being, monetarily... If he thinks and and he you know and he's gonna play in the, he's gonna go at the combine I'm assuming and he's gonna show out and I'm sure he's gonna test off the charts. 
being able to get drafted that high yeah. and make that money, I, I, I find it hard to pass up that opportunity if, if you're him and you think that you have a chance to go in the first round. I agree with that. And I, I just... I just don't see him succeed. I get from the money I don't necessarily aspects. see him succeeding, but if I'm him and I go, okay, oh, yeah. if I have a chance to make 23 or if I have a chance to make $20 million like that, yeah, I'm going to go for that's, it. That's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, you could say long-term in baseball if you if you think you're good enough and you can make it to the long term. Mm-hmm. And so then, then when you're like 25, 26 and you're in a position of not like Bryce Harper because I doubt that would be it, right. but like somewhere like up there where you can make a two hundred million dollar contract over five years or something, right. then that's when you would exceed NFL. But at least initially, I would yeah. probably I would say I would personally go to the NFL. I right. think. Well, and that's the thing too, and standard, obviously injuries but... plays a part of it. But if if you, if you're a quarterback and and you can get drafted and you play at such a premium position, it'd be different if he was like a corner or if he was a linebacker mm-hmm. or what have you, right? It it kind of changes. Yeah. But the way baseball structured with going through the minors and having so much service time before you can hit free agency, going through years of arbitration hearings just to make a million dollars more here, a million here. I know it sounds like we're making fun of those numbers. It's a lot of money, yes, but. As far as professional athletes go, it's not. So, you know, take a chill. But point being is that you, you have you have so many you have so many years to get through and play at a high level if you're mm-hmm. in major league baseball. Where football, you're kind of hoping, and you kind of, especially at a quarterback position, you're going to get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity yeah. until finally somebody goes, all right, clearly this is not mm-hmm. this is not working, right? So I, I think he's right to go. Would you would you if you were in the same position? Would you go football? I would definitely go football. Almost, I mean, <coughs> me personally, as like I like football more than baseball. So mm-hmm. as that fan, but Kyler's come out and said that he loves football more than baseball too. Right. So I think from that aspect too, if that would be just like me, I would go to play football too, yeah. especially if you're a top ten pick. Yo, like, yeah, like oh my god, yeah, yeah. And if if you think you can play, right? You he had the yeah. success in college, right? Now I I don't know. The jury's still out for me a little bit as whether or not he can play professionally, right? Yeah. I'm interested to see how Baker does this second season. Yeah, I'm really interested to see. Well, that development I do as well. think Kyler could have a good like first season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could be a very explosive, but him and someone a big name guy like Lamar Jackson. Yep. His second season, something yes. like because I think if he has a bad, I mean, you they saw all have similar playing styles. Yeah, right. and you saw you know Baker never really played someone twice. Mm-hmm. He kind of played the Steelers twice a little bit, but he never really played a, a team twice. Right. When Lamar played the Chargers the first time, he blew him out of the water. Right. Then they played him in the playoffs the second time, he scored shut three points. Right. So, like, out. it's going to be interesting the second year when you play the Steelers two more times, the Ravens, two, and you play all these teams a few more times to see mm-hmm. how they actually pro- uh, produce. Yes. But nonetheless, Kyler Murray, I would give him a couple years. Like, say, like, Miami drafted him, like they mm-hmm. need a quarterback or something, right. and somehow they got him. I'd give him like a year or two, and then you've got to right. see at that point. I, but I, yeah, the player development is so huge, right? Yeah. And and giving him the opportunity to kind of sit, learn under the coaching tree. I think you know that's why when Miami let Adam, I think Miami is a perfect place, especially if Adam Gase was still there. Now yeah. Brian Flores being there, you know, but it, it those situations, yeah, yeah, right. So I feel like you need somebody, you know, maybe because Jim Caldwell there, maybe that is a great place for maybe, him to be, yeah. right? Is to sit learn, absorb that knowledge. They go get a veteran. They go trade for Case Keenum or whoever mm-hmm. is a you know an overall average quarterback at best. They keep Tannehill for another year, whatever. Yeah. To give him an opportunity to develop, I think would be best for him. Um, I'd also choose the NFL. The NFL, I mean, long term, I think if you think your career, you know, the injury bug is so 
apparent at all times. And for you, say you blow your knee out, all right, if I blow my knee out my third season in the NFL compared to my third season in baseball, I made a lot more money yeah. in the NFL than I did I guess you could baseball. argue, though, statistics, like, yeah. probability-wise. Right. No you're doubt. Not, you're probably not no going doubt. to Right, but one Aaron Pitch hits me in the head, and I'm dead. Yeah. And then one helmet-to-helmet contact. Right, and exactly. And I'm eating, you know, vegetables out of a straw for the rest of my life. It is what it is, and those are the inherent dangers. Oh, but the NFL, though, I definitely, I mean, right now, if he thinks he can do it, I, I mean, all the power to him. But, all right, guys, that's going to be it for, ep- for part one of this episode. Stay tuned. We're going to be announcing a new partnership here with one of our local friends here in Michigan. Stay tuned for that, and we will be right back with part two. Stick around. Hey guys, it's the Mouth of Michigan. Just reminding you guys once again that we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. But I want to talk to you guys about a buddy of mine named Austin Heisler. He's starting his own clothing brand called Pursuit. He's got a drop starting March 1st, 2019. Please go ahead. Check out the link in the in our bio here on our YouTube episode. Um, look him up on Facebook as well. It's called Pursuit Clothing. Give him a like, drop it, take a look at his YouTube videos, and be ready for this awesome clothing line dropping March 1st. Now here's part two of this week's episode. Okay, and welcome back to part two of this week's episode. Let's jump right in now. We're going to stay home here. We're going to be talking about the Lions Member Summit. Uh, Lions, basically, Bob Quinn, Rod Wood, uh, defense coordinator Paul Pasqualoni, new OC Daryl Bevel, John Bottomago, the new special teams coordinator, all got to talk to the fans, kind of, you know, what the offseason, where they're at in the offseason, what mm-hmm. they're going to be looking at. Some 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 interesting comments coming out of all three camps, really. Um I thought some of the big things Bob Quinn was pretty transparent about um, about the their needs, right? And they allowed fans to actually ask them questions this year, which is a little bit different than yeah. normal, where Dan Miller kind of filters them out. They let them go up to the microphone and just ask, which I thought was kind of which was kind of fun in my opinion. Um, just overall, you know, anything that shocked you coming out of any of their talks? Um, you know, there was some. Some stuff about the draft that Bob Quinn made that was mm-hmm. kind of noseworthy, which I hope you bring up because if not, I will and shoot it down immediately. But <laughs> um, you know, Paul Pasquoni said some things. There was some. There was some general consensus things that I think they all kind of said that we'll hit on here in a second. But just overall thoughts on, on what you read, what you saw. Yeah, I think um, one thing that really shot out was Bob Quinn really kind of just I wouldn't say played it safe, but he kind of toyed with like the whole crowd almost because. Mm-hmm. His comment of "We're not going to rule out any position, even quarterback," right. was really something that stuck out. Of course, sitting there, and I'm it's, like, it's headline. Because, yeah, because when you're stuff. looking at half, yep. the, probably about half the lines are like, "We don't want Stafford." Half are probably about yep. we want. It's probably a close fifty-fifty, I would say, mm-hmm. from what I at least what I hear. So I think he was really like, "We're not gonna probably do anything with that unless we draft them like really late." Yeah, we're not gonna use like a first, second, or third round well, on a quarterback. Yeah, let me and, tell you, and that's the and you're right. It, yeah. It's just. It, it's so ridiculous to me because it's like, oh my gosh, they said that they, they take, we're not going to rule out any position to yeah. say, oh my gosh, they're drafting a quarterback. At exactly. That's that, what I mean. You know what I mean? They yeah. I don't want to use that as like, yes. oh, we're going to draft a quarterback. It's fantastic. Uh, like, we're not going to do He's just kind of like. It hurts my brain. Yeah. Because really he's really not ruling out anything. I think the only thing they actually probably ruled out early was a quarterback. Yeah. I think anything else you could look Did at. Did you know they actually, oh, they probably ruled out long snapper. 
because yeah, you know yeah, the mule's back, yeah. and uh, you know they may go kicker though. They they didn't say anything about the kickers, you no. know. Or Sam Martin might be in trouble as a punter. They might go punter first round and pull an yeah. Oakland Raider. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Love that. It's like come on, like yeah. let's let's let's, let's put our thinking cats on for a second here. Yeah. Let's really let's read what he said. Number one, mm-hmm. and two, he has no incentive to say they're not going to take anybody. Like if he came right out and said, yeah, I'm not taking Greedy Williams from LSU. Why? There's yeah. no reason mm-hmm. whatsoever. It's all posturing, guys. Yeah. Like. Come on, like let's really think about it. Let's 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 come on. Let's put some thought into it. I'm with you. Yeah. Same thing. Um, one of the other things too that I noticed was kind of a general theme from everybody was the use of the word playmaker. Mm-hmm. Bob Quinn said it in his postseason press conference. Um, they said it again several times with the coordinators as well as as BQ himself. Playmakers on yeah. both sides of the ball and. I just think that, you know, like, I know the Lions defense is one of the worst in the league at turnovers last year, um, and that's obviously with due to lack of playmakers because you don't have a solid second corner besides Deep. besides Slay. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't have playmakers all across the board. I mean, Galladay, yes, Marvin Jones when he's healthy, but he was out. You don't have that third guy, especially with Tate now gone. Carry-on got injured. So it's hard to see to kind of understand that. But the problem is is that when you see some of this stuff and you see the word playmaker, what does that mean, right? Yeah. I, you see some of these guys. I hope, and this is just my opinion, but I really hope that that means that the Lions are going to really go make a splash in free agency. Yeah. I feel like BQ has definitely got some things that he has planned. I think mm-hmm. he's got some certain guys, like a Trey Flowers from New England. I know we'll be talking about him probably a ton when free agency starts. Yeah. But there's there's certain positions, and I think there's this draft especially really lends itself well to the Lions' needs. Yes, And I anticipate a massive upgrade in the roster from year one to year two in the Matt Patricia experience. I agree with that. Um, I mean, what I mean, and obviously Daryl Bevel. I mean, he's this is his first real public comments yeah. um, to the fan base. Anything that you really took away from him? Anything that really he said that kind of stuck out to you? That's kind of like shocking, or oh, okay. Well, not even that, but I we talked about this a couple weeks ago yeah. on how. I thought that the next OC should be someone that should play to his strengths. Yeah. And then he literally came out, let's see what the quote was, and he literally said, oh, we also asked Stafford to stretch, and he's going to do things that he's not used to or not, like, really good at. Right. And then I kind of sat there and was like, wow, that's a totally opposite direction of what I thought they were going to do. Right, exactly. Because you look at someone like Stafford, and you're like, let's throw the ball around, let's sling it around the Mm -hmm. field with five wides. And then now you're looking at it, and they're like, oh, we're probably going to do a lot of running the ball, mm-hmm. a lot of play action, quick passes that he's not really right. good at reading the route combinations as right. well. Yeah. And so it's just like kind of, that one just kind of bursts out. Like, well, wow, here, that's a, right. And that's the thing, right? And, and, you know, he goes and he says, yeah, obviously we're going to put in things that Stafford does well, which is mm-hmm. push the ball down the field, right? He's mm-hmm. always been really good at that. His arm is fantastic. But like you said, stretch him, make him do things that maybe he's not the most comfortable with or make him do things he's never done in his career. That was a refreshing take for me, not because I'm a Lions homer, which I am self-admitted I am, but for a guy to come out already and say, listen, we're going to put things in that everyone kind of expects us to put in, right? We're going to push the ball. We're going to take shots downfield. But also, what I take by him stretching Stafford is basically saying, okay, maybe there's going to be more mobility, right? Maybe. maybe some naked bootlegs. Doing some of the things that maybe Russell Wilson 
mm-hmm. does really well. Because Russell Wilson's not necessarily the fastest guy in the yeah. world, right? Stafford's clearly not the fastest. But he has been more mobile in years past than he has early in his career, right? Yeah. He's added that, you know, so being able to get him moving, I think, out of the pocket maybe and really trying to, like, do some misdirection, mm-hmm. I think those are some of the things that Bevel, I think, is really looking to implement here and is going to hopefully bring not only necessarily, like, put carry on because he mentioned carry on Johnson too and his ability to catch out of the backfield that for me is exciting because that's a guy that you look at and you go okay he's a three down back and you put him in and third and shorts and or third and longs and he can able run a route for you and make play that's that's invaluable right and putting the pieces that you have in place the what you have right now as far as probably adding at least two more pieces to that that's that's extremely exciting for me as a fan. I'm sure as you as well. Yeah. Just to kind of get the to get excited a little bit, get a little more hyped about <laughs> what you know what I mean. Um, but I mean, do you, let's just kind of let's call your shot here just a little bit here. We're gonna be doing so much draft talk in the next couple months, guys. So prepare yourselves accordingly. Get your notebooks ready to you know say we're wrong when the actual pick happens. But based off of what you heard from Bob Quinn, he mentioned tight end, he mentioned, you know, as a severe need, right? That immediately, everyone's flagged, oh my gosh, I'm drafting a tight end. It sounds like you're drafting a tight end number eight. Oh my gosh. But really, give me give me your top position. Say they don't address inflation, or they do, or they're going to supplement it. What's your top position that you think that they're going to go? What you think they're going to, not what they need, but what you think they're going to go oh. with. Well, I would say, and I think... It's hard to do this kind of talk before the free right. agent starts, right? Because you kind of look like if we just took this roster right now and the draft was tomorrow, yeah. And what do you need? I would probably say they go edge rusher first, mm-hmm. or I guess I could see them going corner first. I'd I'd say edge rusher first though, yeah. Only because I don't trust corners no right, right out of the <laughs> right out, and you literally you have um literally nobody at the edge rusher. <laughs> I like the I like the pause. I was there. gonna think of a name and then I literally couldn't think of one. So yeah. that's awesome. So we definitely right. need an edge rusher. So right. that's I think where they would go first. Mm-hmm. I don't like um, right out of college corners to the right. NFL. There, there's a, that's just, the biggest jump. Yeah, a lot it takes, of people say it takes a long time. It takes a couple years. Mm-hmm. It even took Slay like three or four years to right. really, really get into his own. Get into where he is now. Mm-hmm. So and I don't think they have four years to wait for somebody. No, 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 so no, no, no. Um, I would say edge rusher maybe. No edge rusher. Yeah, I can't. Say, I can't say. say mm. No, I was gonna. Say, I was gonna go wide receiver. Oh, I was gonna say. If you're gonna say tight end, I'm gonna <laughs> stop you right a, here on the I air. I don't think there's a top like ten wide receiver out no, there. No, no, there's anyway, not. So. Not really. Not in my opinion. But I agree with you. I think edge rusher is a huge need. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go. Um, to see if they could trade down. I know that's the thing. That's the common thing every year is for the Lions fans. We gotta trade down, and accumulate more picks, but we're gonna mess them up. So it's always like a weird dynamic yeah. Lions fans. They always want them to trade down, but they never think they get the pick right. So it's like, then why do you want them to have more throws at the dartboard if they're just if gonna they mess it up it, anyway, yeah. right? But I do think trading down, especially with the quarterback situation like it is in this year's draft. There's several Kyler Murray who we talked about in part one of the episode. Uh, Haskins, obviously, you've got some other guys who could possibly creep in because a lot of teams like that fifth year option with quarterbacks and the first round picks and how their contracts are set up. So I think that number eight, you're a little bit low enough to where a team in the mid teens can try and trade up like a Dolphins, like a Cincinnati to come up and kind of grab one of those guys, I think is a, is a thing. But I think Ed Rusher, like you said, is probably the number one priority for them. Probably along then with probably then wide receiver, corner, and tight end, I think are the top four needs for this team. But I think... In a first-round draft, yeah, I think, I think defensive ed, ed, Edge yeah. should be the first yeah. one. Comes at a premium. It yeah. really does. It absolutely does. Um, 
All right, guys, let, let's let's shift now from the Lions, and we're gonna go we're gonna go broader here with the NFL. Probably the biggest signing. We'll probably we're not gonna talk about the Joe Flacco trade to Denver because who cares? But I mean. Honestly, I mean, even even Denver fans aren't excited. So, but um, you got the same quarterback twice. But the Kareem Hunt signing to the Cleveland Browns. Now, this brought a lot of attention, positive or negative. Say what you will about him. Um, but Mike, I want two takes from you here. Give me your football head coach GM brain, where you're like, okay, from a performance standpoint. And then also give me just you as a person and the backlash that you may receive from signing a guy like Kareem Hunt, right? Oh. Like, because there's two sides to the yeah. story clearly, and Cleveland is ignoring one side completely. <laughs> it seems like so. Yeah. I mean, they're the well, kind of team you think would probably wind up signing him, but yeah. give me give me your thoughts. Well, relative, I mean, performance. I, I don't think it's any question yeah. that you sign someone like. I mean, he's a not generational talent, but he's a definitely a top five, maybe pushing top ten running back in the league right now. He's a stud. And you're gonna go get him for, yep. and probably for a lot cheaper than you yeah, you got him for nothing. Yeah, because minimal. no one else is gonna get him, and he wants a job. So you're kind of just like, right? Thank you for this right. high overall guy that yep. you, no one else wants for some weird reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a GM or coach perspective, I think it's a fantastic move. You really just snatched a guy mm-hmm. for cheap. Uh, from the moral standpoint, I guess, you know, what he did wasn't great. However, I think it's something that you can, you can't really, like, look past it. Right. But I think it's something that, like, I think he do- does deserve the second chance. Okay. You can't just say, oh, he doesn't deserve a second chance for what he did. Right. So. Now, that's an you know, interesting question like, because I know a lot of people will say, okay, you know, where, where does the line go, right? Obviously, <laughs> the NFL... I don't know if this is necessarily a defining statement or not. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, the winning trumps everything at the end of the day in yeah, the NFL. So, absolutely. I mean, if it pans out for Cleveland, good for them. But at the same time, is this like the last nail in the coffin? Uh, the Colin Kaepernick situation we'll talk on next week. But the with the as far as yes, he did this right. He's <clears throat> he's been convicted. Yes, you know he's been charged. What have you? And it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. No, as a if it was almost any other profession, yeah. I would say he doesn't get he's, another yeah, job he's and dead. he's kind of right. screwed over. Mm-hmm. But when you're in sports, that's something you just kind of like, kind of if you're not like like banned or suspended, like mm-hmm. kind of like a Ray Rice situation right. where you're just like you can never play ever again kind right. of thing. Then that's obviously different. But when you're just like you can play again and stuff as a team, you just kind of go. Okay, thank you. Right, like, right. And, like, and that's the thing. The Ray I Rice mean, thing didn't happen until later. So, I mean, yeah. theoretically, they could have, somebody could have signed Ray Rice. But, put to your point, right? Ray Rice was ineffective at that point in his career. Exactly. Right? When, the, when yeah. the video came out, he had a, his worst year as a pro. Yeah. So, it's like, okay, diminishing skills yeah. and this. Yeah. All right, now there's no positive. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you, all if, if Ray Rice came out and he had like a 2,000-year season, yeah. and, and then, then that video comes out, right. and then like all these teams are like, I still want him if he's right. still in prime time, but exactly. he's diminishing. Yeah, that's yeah. and so that's, that's the fine. thing, right? And I think it's not it's not right, okay? No. It's, not, it's not necessarily correct. It's not morally correct. But at the end of the day, the NFL is not real, okay? It's not. It's like a whole separate world yeah, in it's itself, kind of, right? Yeah. Where it's like everything that happens within the NFL is like not real 
real in in what we yeah. would call our world. You kind of like right? walk into like a vortex. It's like kind of right. Different. You walk into a building and you just feel different, yeah. right? Like it's just. And then like you leave, and then you leave to the outside world, kind of thing. Yes. Like it's not like you're you're not always in the real world right. when you're playing football. Exactly. It's, Even it's like weird... you know, like I'll, I go to the Lions draft day party every year. You go to the Lions practice. Like, you feel like you walk into something. You're just like, this is weird. Like yeah. you just feel like it's a it's a thought. It's a feeling. Yeah. It's you know it's whatever, but. Yeah, you I have mean, no service in there, and it's like right. you can't use Twitter <laughs> right. or anything. Exactly, and you don't know what day it is, but and then it, you come out and you're like, yeah. "Wow, we lost!" Yeah. And they're just full of automatic. Like you get, you're like programmed to have automatic replies, you know, yeah. like on emails. It's it's crazy, but all right, let's. I gotta do this. I don't like doing this because I know the answer, and everyone's gonna. Or at least you should know the answer. Let me put it this way, but. Uh, there's been some other local here in the Metro Detroit area, local radio pundits who may disagree with this take here, but should the Lions have signed Kareem Hunt? Well, actually, I'm going to say no, but however, I don't think it would be an awful idea to sign Kareem Hunt. Okay. Because, I mean, you look at it, so you have Carrion, mm-hmm. who's your three down back. Right. I mean, having him and Kareem Hunt in a one-two punch would, hurt. would not hurt. Wouldn't hurt. Like, if you could get him for, okay, I'm just going to throw, like, say you got him for, like, $7 million a year. He's making one. He got he's one making, oh, he's making, you got a one-year deal for, like, $1 million. Oh, really? That's, that's his contract. Literally, that's yeah, it? That's oh, I thought it was a lot more than no, that. No, no. That's, yeah. that's I mean, for something like that contract, though, yeah. I'd, I'd buy him for that contract. Right, yeah. But, I, like, if you're paying him, like, a lot of money, then I'm like, no. Yeah. But if it's, like, literally, like, nothing, nothing then yeah. I'm like, I don't, see, like, it's a one-two punch kind of thing. It's it's too, it's so hard because, no, and to my answer, no, they shouldn't have signed Kareem Hunt. Oh, not just because they have, not just because they have carry-on, but the 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 Cleveland Browns think that they're ready to win, right? I think yeah. we can all kind of agree on that, right? They got their head, their new head coach. They got you know they have you know Baker now. They're they won seven games. It's more than one in seven years. So I mean you I mean I agree with that. He is a great talent, right? Yeah. But the amount the message that you send as an organization the message that you send as a league by by signing him again yeah. you know what i mean and i'm not even going to get into the Kaepernick situation with the whole kneeling thing and where he didn't he didn't kick a woman you know what i mean he didn't punch somebody so and, and yeah he got blackballed by the league which once again we'll talk about next week um but this guy's getting a second chance. I don't think Kareem Hunt necessarily is a terrible person. I never met the guy, so I'm not going to judge him from afar. But from a from a Lions perspective, not only just because you do have your already starter, yeah. but also just the amount of backlash. I mean, this team gets beat up so much as is. I don't really feel the need to, like, let's just throw another thing. Because it feels – Cleveland, when they signed him, it goes typical Cleveland, right? Yeah. If, if the Lions signed him, it's typical Lions, right? Yeah. If the Patriots yeah. signed him, it's – Okay, you know what I mean, yeah. or if you know if Pittsburgh signed him, oh well, if Pittsburgh, you know, they must be good people, you know what, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, it's just oh, if the Cowboys signed him, well, you know, damn, they're serious this year, whatever, you know, it's just there's a stigma that goes along with being a team like Detroit. So yeah. I'm glad they didn't sign him. It, it avoids the headache for everybody because that would just it casts a cloud, especially yeah. if it doesn't work. It cl- it casts a massive cloud over your whole season and, and how you operate. So I'm glad I'm yeah. I'm actually glad that they didn't sign him. Okay. okay. Um, all right, we're gonna shift now. We're gonna shift to the wrestling segment of the show, as we normally do here on I'm Always Right. Um, all Elite Wrestling second press conference ticket giveaway rally thingamabobber that they just had. Okay. Yeah. Um, some of the biggest news coming out, obviously, Kenny Omega 
officially signed. He is also another executive vice yeah. president. They have like 30 of those now, it seems like. Hey, they only have seven. <laughs> <laughs> and um, sets up a match with Jericho, right? Uh, Lucha Brothers, Pentagon, Phoenix are facing the Bucks. That's that, that, that angle. Not confirmed, I don't think. Not confirmed? But it's, it's pretty much a confirmed. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. confirmed. So, too, first off, I just want to ask, before we get in some of the back the backstage stuff, excited for Jericho Omega Two because that that's gonna be have to be the match that carries in all into. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, as a wrestling fan, can you not be excited? I mean, right. You see what they did for the first one, mm-hmm. then you have the second one. I mean, like usually you say sequels aren't as good as the originals. Yes. But I like to beg to differ because in wrestling, I actually think sequels can be superior than mm-hmm. the originals. Absolutely. And so I'm actually quite excited to see what they're gonna do, especially because it's on an even bigger stage than their first one. Well, I would say even bigger. It's going to have more eyes on it just because yes. it's, it's their because, first show since yeah. the dawn. Because when you throw Russell Kingdom, it's like WrestleMania, but then you're like, oh, it's WrestleMania, whatever. Like, yeah. they've had that one WrestleMania. This is like double or nothing. It's the first one of this new company. Right. So now you're going to have everyone. It's like all in. Yeah. You, you, you know everything that happened in all in. But right. like Wrestle Kingdom 11, you're like, yeah, that happened. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. It, it was big for the punch. time, but now that it's happened, you're like, okay. Yeah. And now it's, yeah, yeah, you need the... that. Now this is going to be like the big punch for right. the second one. I, I'm excited for it. I'm interested to see what they're going to do because it, yeah. we're at a point now with All Elite where I need a TV deal to happen. I desperately need something to be announced yeah. because what's happening for me, it's not so much that I'm, you know, that I'm bored. That's not the right word. But what I am is I want, you're signing some of these guys, right? You signed SCU, you got the Bucks, you got Kenny, you got Jericho, you got some some great lady, some great female wrestlers like Britt Baker's coming on. Um, but what you don't have now is I don't, and, and obviously we're not supposed to see this, but I'm ready for the plan. Right, I'm ready for. I I mean, all in two is going to be awesome, no doubt. Right, I'm sure it'll be great. But at, once again, if there's if it's just another show with great talent on there, right, that's that only gets you so far. I need TV. Yeah, I well, need a TV deal. Did you to hear happen. what what Jericho was quoted saying about the TV? That deal? they have a couple. Yeah, right. he said. Well, he said. I'm not going to show up somewhere that doesn't have a major league TV deal. Right. And so since he's showing up there, That's, it gives me a sense yeah. of that. I, I don't think it's not coming. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. What I'm saying is I need I need an announcement. I need, okay, we're going live on TNT, right? Yeah. Or we're going on, and, but, and that's the thing. It needs to have a major TV, obviously not USA, but okay, they're going to be on NBC or not NBC, but you know what I mean. Some yeah, other TNT, or TNT TBS. TBS. Or if they did that, that's like WCW-esque all times a million, which is crazy, yeah. but... Ooh, you know, you know what's what I mean? What I, night do you think they'd be on? Ooh, jeez. If if they were, mm, I don't know. Thursday? Do you, you think they go to like Tuesday? No. Because SmackDown's moving to Friday. Yeah, maybe Thursday. I'd say Thursday, maybe. I could see Thursday. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah. Like later in the week, you know, because like I, I, you know, I, I, as a kid, you watch Thursday night SmackDown. Yeah. And Friday, you go to school, you talk about it, or you know, yeah, it's Friday, can... no one does anything on Fridays. So yeah. So at work some, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I'm thinking maybe I don't know. That's that's the thing, that's right? A, yeah. Is where do you go? Because I, mean, I think if you go Wednesday, you're kind of sandwiched, and it's like, yeah. so I don't know. It, that'll be interesting. The time slot, obviously. Yeah. I like I said, well, I just need something other than I, like all in two. I'm excited for, and I'll watch it, no doubt. But. I want I want to know when that TV deal is happening because that's when you get into the real war, 
right? That's when you get into, okay, WWE and all, you know, they're really going to, they have a major, t- not Impact, Spike TV thing. Pursuit, Twitch. Right, Pursuit, Twitch, <laughs> WGN America, what have you, right? No, no, I want full-on, like, TV, 8 o'clock at night, yeah. ready to go. 8 this to 10. Is gonna, 8 to 10, and they're going to go up against them, right? Yeah. Not, doesn't need to be Monday nights, but, man, it would be, it'd be awesome. But, it would be the- Awesome. It's going to be cool. Nights, let me tell you. Jeez, I, I know. Cry. Right? Ugh. This is too mad. All right. I turn it off really. What, what I have, what, <laughs> right? What I have, though, is, and what I want to talk about from that press conference, right? And then from comments afterwards, we find out yeah. that Tony Khan, who is like the, the, is the real backer behind this, right? Yeah. Um, he has final decision making on booking, Ugh. which is interesting to me. Now, the Bucks are going to be booking most of this, right? But as far as the final say goes, Tony's going to be like, Mr. Khan is going to be the Vince McMahon-ish that's, that's, type person that's exactly what's of it, about it, right? Right. That's where I kind of went. I, I, it made me stop in my tracks a minute there because he's not a wrestling guy. Mm-hmm. He, he can be a fan. I can book. I could book a show, yeah. right? May not be logical. May not make sense. May not be long-term, but I could book one show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Because he doesn't necessarily have any wrestling experience, good or bad, whatever, that worries me a little bit. Absolutely. You know, because WCW back in the day had a huge problem with with their booking and the, all the amount of bad finishes. That was the biggest critique of WCW, is every finish had a ref bump. Every finish had an interference. No mm-hmm. finish was ever just clean, one, two, three in the middle of the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Impact Wrestling. Had the same problem, right? It was it was the same formula, right? Where you have Dixie Carter making decisions, and you just like you have these people who are the heads of companies that have no business running a wrestling company, right? Thoughts on Khan getting necessarily final say on some of this booking because he's not a wrestling. Yeah, that's the scariest part because when you look at like something like WWE, you have someone like. Triple H and something come on up, coming up with all these great ideas and everything. Yeah. And then Vince goes, no, I want Braun Strowman to win this one. Right. And then that's like, and it kills it. And yeah, that's and it. it. That's it. final say. You're you done. Could, you could set this huge like storyline and have mm-hmm. everything working for you. And then Vince goes, no, 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 this is the guy I want to. Have We've win. seen it right now, right? Yeah. He wants Charlotte in the main event. Yeah. And, and everyone else it. is like, no, it should just be yeah. Becky and Ronda. No, no, Charlotte. Let's not go too far into it, but that yeah. literally makes no sense. How they literally just. Oh, and uh, Charlotte's going to be in the match. That's right. like how they put it. Th- but that's the problem, it was like the though, right? the most uncreative way to put someone in a match. Ever. No, and, and I get it. It generates heat. I understand that portion. But, but besides the board, we're getting off the rails here. But yes. I agree. So that, to me, was a little intriguing. Now, I understand because at the end of the day, if he's the one funding this project, then, of course, at the end of the day, he should have final say because yeah. he's the one who's got the most money invested in it. But I don't agree with, like, final say. I could say... He like talks to like the Bucks and go, hey, what about this idea? Right or yeah, right or I don't like that. That sounds weird or yeah. what have you. Like, like I I don't mind he has a say, up? but like final, final say like, it's like like Bucks ugh. go here. How do you like this? And he goes, no, I want this guy to win, and then this guy wins because right. of that. You know, I don't want that. Now right. if it was like a collaboration of all of them. I would be more okay. Which is probably could, really probably, what it is. Yeah. But the point being is that just because he has final say, at the end of the day, if there is a disagreement, okay, no, we want Adam Page to be our first champion. No, I want Chris Jericho to be our first champion. No, and I want you have that. to be first champion. Right. Like, uh, it's just, it's those are the kind of situations where you causes a little bit of concern for me just because, like I said, he's not a wrestling guy. He's never booked before. I'm not saying go in and drag Kevin Sullivan out of the retirement home and come and book. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is 
if the Bucks are the one leading creative, then the Bucks should be the one making the call at the end of the day, right? If it's yeah. supposed to be that thing, and they're supposed to be the ones doing it. But I digress. So that it just makes me a little concerned yep. because it's a non-wrestling guy. Just a little bit scary. Something to keep our eye on too. I really hope that they stick with the whole clean finish for the most part, right? Don't do a ref bump for the sake of a ref bump. You know, I want solid storytelling within the ring. There's a winner, there's a loser. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're paying for. If you have a really great match and you lose, you don't really lose. Yeah. To the fans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you lose six times because of stupid crap, then that's what kills that character. You know what I mean? So that that it is what it is. But all right, that's gonna be it. For episode, or for episode, what, 12? Oh, We're on episode 12 already, guys. Episode geez. 12, uh, part 2. Be sure once again to find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, all of our favorite streaming services, as well as YouTube. Just look us up. I am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, the Merkso, Mike Merkel. That's me. All right, we will see you guys, as always, next week. You know, Mike, I was thinking... Yeah, I feel incomplete. You know, we just did episode twelve, right? And I feel like we're, I feel like we're missing something. I feel, I feel like Is it a Emily. Team. No, not that. I mean, oh. I do miss her at all. Oh, okay. If she's okay. watching, okay. you know, love you. But like, I feel, I feel something coming on. Do you feel something coming on? You know, I'm getting a little tingly. Are you getting tingly? Right you know what I think it's time for? You know, we're in, we're at the end of February. You know, we're feeling lovely yeah, after it's Valentine's been about Day. Three months of this show. Um, I'm thinking we need a new segment. Ooh, a new, a new segment. segment. What, what should we call it? I got it. What you got? The Merc Zone Mock Draft Corner. That's right, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. The Merc Zone Mock Draft Corner. Now, let me give you guys a quick rundown here for you guys. This is an extra special treat that we're going to be going on basically every week until the actual draft happens, okay? Mike is going to give me... All right, he's going to bring up a mock draft from all of those NFL analysts, draft analysts, pundits, whatever you want to call them. He's going to give us a list, right? He's going to run down the first about 10 picks. That includes the Lions, number eight. And then anybody else maybe that's kind of higher on the board. Kyler Murray, you know, Rashawn Geary, if he falls out of the top ten, what have you, okay? And we're going to kind of get our genuine reactions about it. If I have a small stroke on the show... What have you? To, you got something to add? To, quote, to edit what? I'm going to say edit because that's yeah. a lot better way to say it. Uh, we're actually going to do three rounds. Three rounds? And I'm going to bring out, and I'm just going to bring up the okay. big, you know. The big I'm names? Just, I'm kind of going through right now, and I'm okay. just going to be like, boom, this is a big name guy. Okay. How do you feel? So, okay, sounds good. All right. All right. I'm pre- I am you, prepared. Are you feeling good? I'm scared. Yeah. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I don't know how I feel, to be honest with you. I okay. can't so, feel my arms. So this is how, All right, so we're going to start. Uh, this guy's name is Chad. Who made this one? His name's from, Chad. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah, His we're, name just, is Chad. we're just gonna call him Chad right now. <laughs> okay. So we love we love Chad. All right. There. Thanks, Chad, for your mock yeah, draft. We're about yes, to pick Chad. it apart right now. All right. Good stuff. Yep. Okay, I'm ready. All right. So number one overall, pretty simple. Okay. Nick Bosa to the Arizona. Okay. The Arizona uh, now, now before we continue, are there any trades in this mock? Um, none that I saw, but okay. if I, there okay. is one, I will bring it up. Okay. As it okay. All right. So Nick Bosa number one. So okay. Nick makes Bosa's sense. Yep. Um, we're gonna go. Number three, the Jets pick Josh Allen, edge okay. rusher. Okay. All right. How are you feeling? Give me the top five, just give so I know. Top five? Yeah, give me top right, five. So, Quinnen Williams is going to San Francisco, defensive okay. tackle. He's defensive tackle from Bama, right? Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes Rashad. Really, another another D lineman, man. They yep. got they got a lot of them. But okay. Third makes sense. Okay, continue. Rashad Gary, edge rusher to the Raiders. <laughs> 
Okay. As long as it's not the Lions, I don't care. That's so bad. Then, That's and, such a Raiders move to continue. This one's kind of hit me out of left field. Yeah. Alabama running back Josh Jacobs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At five? At five. What? Yep. It no. Says, uh, Come on. Stop it. Yeah. Shut your face. Apparently, uh, he thinks that the Bucks are going to try to get um, the new David Johnson. And they think it could be Josh Jacobs. What? Oh my gosh, Bruce! I, did Bruce Arians have a stroke? What? It, like, I think he on. says he had it. Oh come on! <laughs> really? Like there's like I, yeah. I I like I don't disagree. They don't need a, they need a running back. I agree with yeah. that. But like at five, five, you, you had the fifth overall pick. That means you're not good. Like <laughs> like you need more running back is a luxury pick in the first. Yep. Whatever, okay. dude. It's not the Lions. That's how it's going already. That's lovely. All right, so we're going to go Falling number six. New York Giants are going to pick Dwayne Haskins. Okay, that's a, that's what I expect. I expect him to be the first quarterback off the board. Makes sense. Uh, number seven, Jacksonville Jaguars are picking Drew Locke, quarterback out of Missouri. Seems like It seems like a, a Jaguars pick when you think about it. Um, they like strong arms. They like, you know, for whatever reason, Missouri's got a lot of quarterbacks that come out that everyone likes in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised there, um, especially if they are going to move on from Bortles. I'm assuming they're going to like him more than Kyler, yeah. just as a thought. So I, I'm That's not necessarily good, surprised by that pick, I but think, I think, he kind of I think they're going to really better. hope the Giants muff it up and that Haskins falls to them at seven, to be honest with you. They yeah. might try and trade up Maybe. with a team to go get their guy. That's mm-hmm. that's a high possibility, but interesting nonetheless. So okay. now we're looking at the Lions, who did not trade their number eight pick. So okay, we so we're staying at eight, okay. and we are picking Clemson edge rusher Clean and Farrell. Okay. All right. So here's, and th- this is probably going to be a common theme here, but I'm going to get this right away. I don't hate the pick. Yes. I don't hate it. All right. But here's my only issue with it. Okay. It makes me a lot happier if it was 16. I would agree and not with that. Eight. Because at that point, I feel like there's still, Kyler Murray's still on the board. Okay. No, and, and let me press it. I don't want the Lions to take Kyler Murray. But what I do want is someone to trade up to go take Kyler Murray at number eight. Right. Yes. Um, but if they do stay at eight, edge rusher, depending on what they do in free agency, obviously, he's not the worst pick in the world. I like Montez Sweat better. Yep. I think he, I think a little bit, I think he's a little more athletic. He played at Mississippi State, where he doesn't have a ton of other talent around him. Clemson does, right? They have, you know, and that not necessarily wasn't productive, but I just don't think that him at that spot. I just, I don't know. It's like a Carl Lawson pick for me, where like. Mm-hmm. He looked good on paper. He, he was productive, but it just for whatever reason, I don't, I don't. He doesn't scream out to me, uber athletic, right? Yeah. And I want, and to be a defensive end in this league now, you have to be extremely athletic. And Ed Oliver's still there too, which makes me really. Yeah. And is Greedy Williams still on the board? Yeah. Oh, Greedy Williams is still there too. I feel like that's a dream scenario for the Lions if that's how the board falls. Obviously, Josh Allen's the dream more than likely. Yeah. But at the same time. Odds Where they're at, I I would highly unless they fall in love with the prospect. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see them trade down. I know Lions fans, fans say that a lot, but that would probably be my if it's going to be that. I might take that. I might take that corner. Honestly, I think the rest is might scare you a little bit. So we're okay. Just yeah, just give so, me some. So yeah. um, Denver picks Kyler Murray at number ten. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So wait, the, wow, really? Even with Flacco, I guess. Yeah. I don't know though because Flacco's making so much money, so yeah. they must have gotten something for Keenum at that point. Then I don't. Yeah, I, don't I think they're. That. I think that pick would be looking like. I don't think he sits for a year and then plays. Here's probably. the thing: I don't think if this Flacco experiment 
doesn't work. I don't think Elway makes it out of the Flacco Probably experience. Not. To be honest with you, you've mm-hmm. missed. You've now missed on like four quarterbacks since Peyton. Yeah. Brock was a miss because he didn't re-sign him. Yeah. Right. You missed on Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, and now Case Keenum, and now Joe Flacco. That's five. I don't think you get six quarterbacks in a regime no. and get to stay around, even with a Super Bowl win. Yeah. So like, we're just gonna go down the list here. Greedy Williams goes to the Bengals at eleven. See, that's a great see, that's that's a Bengals pick though, all the way around, exactly. right? I think the Bengals would be really bummed out though if Kyler Murray was off the board at that point because mm-hmm. they need a quarterback because Dalton's terrible. Yeah. Uh, Montez Sweat is going to the Packers at twelve. That see that's like that's like the worst thing ever right there is because exactly. I like him and he goes no, and they and they bolster their their pass rush that sucks. It's okay. Gonna get worse for you. So we're gonna go down here. Devin White, uh, LSU junior linebacker, goes mm-hmm. to the Panthers. What pick? Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really with Keekley though, huh? Yeah. I guess with uh, so Thomas Davis gonna be kind of leaving. Thing. Okay. Yeah. I guess. But they got Shaq Thompson too. That's weird. I don't know. I don't get um, that. Um. So pick eighteen. Minnesota uh-huh. picks, and they pick at Oliver, defensive tackle out of Houston. I'm a little surprised by that. They have so much depth. I guess Sheldon Richardson's probably going to leave in free agency, so I get that. But yeah. at the same time... His theory on this one is his lack of size and length will right. hurt his stock, yeah. but this pick is going to be a steal because he's still on the board at 18. Right. I don't, I don't necessarily it. think that they go defense this year. They always go defense. So in my mind, I would think maybe go get... Like I feel like they need like I don't know I don't know I feel like they need something offensively I don't really know what it is necessarily but like it wasn't their defense that was the problem it was their quarterback but they're stuck with that so, so. is there any other first rounds you want to hear teams um, is there any teams that shoot out at you not really uh, tell me who the Bears pick just because they're our division rival the do they Bears... go defense again I wouldn't be surprised to see them go get another yeah. weapon for Trubisky I wouldn't be shocked what are they twenty something yeah um the Bears. Don't have a first round pick. Oh yeah, duh. That's right. Because That's, they where, okay, well, give me that Raiders, Raiders pick then. Where they, they would have DeAndre Baker, cornerback out of okay. Georgia. Okay, all right. Where did the, did the Penn State corner go anywhere in that first round? You know who I'm talking about? I, I can't remember his name. His name is escaping me right now. But um, he currently is still on the board. He's still on the board of the first yeah. round. Okay, give me the second. Lions. Give me the Lions second round pick. Okay. So we're going to head I'm over to this. I feel it's going to be a tight end, but I could be wrong. And it's not a tight end. It's not a tight end? I can, I can kind of... Wow, they must have signed all the tight ends in free agency. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, big name, guys. So yeah. Devin Bush goes to the Niners in the second round, early second round. That's like, wow, that's really high. Thirty-six. Good for him. Pick. Good for him. So they have him going there. Wouldn't surprise me because now they're, they're missing out on uh, yeah. on uh, Numbnuts from Alabama. So, that makes so sense. we have second round pick. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Out of Ohio State. Senior wide receiver Paris Campbell. Hmm. Campbell would be a nice foil for Kenny Galladay, is what. That's some deep analysis. That's right <laughs> some deep thought we put in that one. Um, I can see it. I'm glad they don't go wide receiver round one. I need playmakers, right? We yep. talked about it on on the episode. I need playmakers. So if if he's a playmaker and he's somebody, I'm assuming he's a slot guy, right? Because Marvin's yeah. going to be on the outside, so yes. he's got to be in the slot. So, um, I mean, yes, but uh, I think he's one of who's off on the board. Anybody big defensively on the board at that point? That I mean, because you could probably take that corner from Penn. I like I that corner say, from Penn State. Well, he's if you want there. to look at it, so we were picking. We would pick him at. 43 yeah. in the second round. Mm-hmm. He, The corner you're talking about, yeah. Amani, yeah. Y- you know his face. Right. Uh, he drafted 54th 
Okay. To the Texans. Okay. Yeah, I like him. Like, I know we haven't had the best run with second round corners, Mr. T's Tabor, but um, I, I, yeah, these mock drafts are hard for me right now, especially just because we yeah. don't know what their plan is in free agency. I, but like I said, they're just going to need to hit on playmakers. That's the big thing. It's playmaker, 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 yeah. big play guys. So I mean, if that's going to be the case, give me their third round selection just to see what position they go with. Okay. So heading to the third round. Oh, and Chase Winovich goes to the Patriots in the end of the second round. That's a total. That's a total Patriots move. An yeah. undersized guy does one thing really well: the high motor. Mm-hmm. If some better technique is taught there, I think that's a great pick for the Patriots. Wow, look at this. So the Patriots pick seventy third in the third round. Right. They pick NC State quarterback Ryan Finley. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're going to do another Garoppolo thing, but yeah. instead of the second to third round, and have another mm-hmm. guy to trade away in four years that's when Brady's still playing at the age of. Uh, ripe old age of 74 years old. Okay, so Lions pick in the third round. This would be pick number 88. Right, because they got the Philadelphia pick, so I'll just remind everybody, right, New England gets our pick earlier on because mm-hmm. of Deshaun Hand. I'm and that's the quarterback no that they And use. no one's complaining about Deshaun Hand. Um, and so they're, they're picking later on. This is the Golden Tate trade for everybody yes. who they don't So remember. he this guy is out of the school of Washburn. Okay. He's a senior, and his name is Corey Ballantyne, cornerback. Hmm. He's got measurables, height, um, weight, or anything like that. I can look, not currently. Yeah, I don't know. Smaller school guy, clearly. But, yeah, see, the, the, the second and third round for me is where the draft gets fun. Because yes. it's like you make all the hub, hubbub about the first round and everybody, these first round talents. And there's always and everybody five to seven guys that fall out of the first round. Everybody thought was going to go in the first, goes in the second, right? Yeah. So it's just, it's very interesting for me because those are the drafts, those are the picks that I feel like you need to hit on as a GM. Mm-hmm. Because without them, like you can hit on every one of your first round picks. But it doesn't mean anything if you if yeah. the rest of your draft is terrible. You know what I mean? Unless obviously you find a quarterback. So yeah. He so is. so they went. So they went defensive end, wide yes. receiver, corner. Yes. In okay. the first three rounds. Okay. Wouldn't shock me necessarily. I'm surprised tight end isn't in there. I'm gonna be honest with you, just because. Uh, unless they go and do something crazy in free agency or make a trade. But uh, looking at their roster right now, even if they re-sign Toy Lolo, who was Pro Football Focus's best blocking tight end, I don't necessarily think that tight end is going to be such little of a need at that point mm-hmm. where the value doesn't equal the pick. So Ballantyne, if you want to know, is yeah. 6 feet flat, mm-hmm. 204 pounds, and he appeared in 46 games and recorded 186 tackles and 5 interceptions. Okay. Yeah. For the big thing, the big thing for me on the cornerback position. That's why I like the Penn State guy because he's got a lot of picks in his career. Because yeah. Nevin Lawson is allergic to interceptions. I don't know if you guys know that, but zero career interceptions uh, as a Detroit Lion. <laughs> so that means zero career interceptions. Ever. Period. So yeah, clearly allergic to the football yeah. in that regard. So um, wouldn't surprise me. I'm interested though. I'm interested to, as we go down this path um, every week now. Mm-hmm. because I feel like this will definitely be something fun for us to do and something to really yep. see how the mocks change, especially after the combine. So that was fun. I didn't yeah. have necessarily a heart attack. Yeah, I, I felt a little bit in felt okay. Round. I know you're going to come up with a couple weeks from now. There's going to be some crazy draft where we take Rashawn Gary, and I'm going to cry. So well, I mean, there was one that we took tight end. No, but, oh. no, no, don't even tell me. I, I'm <laughs> happy this 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 week. All right, yeah. so yeah. Brett, well, well, obviously, guys, like I said, we're going to be doing this every week now on until the draft, so it yeah. should be fun time for us 
to see where well, we'll kind of do some polls. We'll kind of do some statistics as far as what guys projected the most to the Lions and all that good stuff. Uh, once again, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys, as always, next week.